I'm not here to poke holes in suspended disbelief. Anyway, they see some weird shit. They decide to make a baby. Thou merkin merchant. Who gives a fuck? Oh my god, we're just gonna start calling you Damien Yeltsin's billboards. Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice, and uh, it's not as cold as back home, and the soil is a lot better. So yeah, sure, I think we're gonna settle. If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone, yeah, I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier. Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty-headed plebeian trash, he was probably <laughs> really good at groove on it. <laughs> because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. Authorial intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up and wipe their butts. Some people stay seated and wipe their butts. Like, it just... And, um, yeah, homeownership continues to be an adventure. Um, we're, we're getting all kinds of stuff done. Um, and I'm, we're watching the budget that we had when we first moved in here for getting things done. Uh, we're watching that dollar amount dwindle. <laughs> uh, as time goes on and that's uh, that's we're, we're starting to have to make decisions now about okay so like what are we going to do and what are we not going to do uh, and so that's that's kind of where where we are with all of that um, and that's that's what I've got to share this episode but who are you and what have you got going on well, I'm Damien Harmony. I am a Latin and drama teacher up here in Northern California, all around Union Thug. Uh, so I got a question. Does it feel like an accomplishment seeing that number go down? Or is there an impending sense of panic seeing that number go down? Because you're seeing very material changes happening to your house. The the accomplishment comes from seeing the stuff happening with the house. Ah, okay. The dollar amount shrinking is, is a sense of impending panic because... Okay we kind of like there there are things we still want to get done mm -hmm. that we know now we're not going to have all the money to do mm. um and so now, now it's does now that it's, mean forever or is that just in this round and then in a well, few years you get to come around to the next thing it, it it i mean it i mean ultimately it means in this round but sure. it feels a little bit like forever kind of like okay and you know, now anything we do from here is going to be a major upheaval because this yeah. this is setting like the concrete yeah. is now set yeah yeah the, okay. this, the cement that. the cement is going to harden we're putting we're getting the flooring finished right. and like 
because I mean, like, for example, one of the things we want to do is there's, there's a wall separating our kitchen and our living room. Mm -hmm. And we really want to take that wall out. I'll take half of it out. (sighs) Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. And, and that's, and that's kind of where, where we're at is like, we're having to make the decision about, well, you know, do we, do we settle for just putting in, you know, a cutout Mm -hmm. or do we wait? until we can do the whole thing because if because if we put in a cutout right now what you know the thing is if we put in the cutout that means in five years seven Mm -hmm. years whatever it is the amount of work we'll have to do and the cost of you know knocking the wall out is still going to be the -hmm. whole cost of knocking the wall out so we're spending a couple of thousand dollars to put a hole in the wall now and then we're going to have to spend, if we decide we still want to knock the wall out, which we probably do, mm-hmm. we're going to wind up having to spend all the money again later on, if that makes sense. No, I, yeah, you know, I get that. You know, that's the, certainly a decision that the two of you have to come to. You know, but... and and so it's just, yeah. it's 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 kind of a, you know, and, and the other thing is that it, if we leave part of the wall in that has mm-hmm. an effect on what we're going to do with the flooring. Okay, yeah. You know, and if we and if we decide later on that we want to knock the whole wall out, then that may lead to well, okay, if we do that, then we're going to have to rip out part of the flooring and redo the rest of it. You know that that kind yeah. of thing. You know, okay. it's 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 a it's an issue of you know ripping the whole bandaid off now <laughs> or or not mm. kind of thing. And you know, we're we're getting to the point where we have to make the hard decisions about what we're going to do with that. So it's you know. It's a hard decision. Yeah, I'm going to avoid yeah. it entirely and just like rewatch Loki. There you go. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if I could get away with that, I would too. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but here hey, we are. Do you remember in Loki where like that, um, like they, they did that under, like they're going under the ground thing and like you see the Thanos copter and you see like the little frog with the Thor's hammer and. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And all then the, you get to like the, the alligator Loki. Yeah, yeah. it's just oh god. I, I I want to see if they have Easter eggs like that in the Captain America and uh, and Winter Soldier. Okay, I don't know. Just you know. Okay, kinda, yeah. I yeah. especially since Marvel just put all of their um, mature content on there as well. Okay, which means the Luke Cage, the Daredevil, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, I found that fun. Uh, at first, I called it adult content, and then I was like, mm, you know what? There's enough of that online. Yeah. Uh, of Disney. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, this is leading somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard? Because I know you heard of the but uh, of the uh, Betraco Myomachia. Betrayo. Betraco okay. Myomachia. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's there there are two possibilities going on here. One, you're you're bringing up a term that I have never heard before. Possible. The the other possibility is that this is a term I've heard before, but it involves a language that uses pronunciation that's different from Latinate, and so you have no idea how to say it properly. <laughs> it's Greek, so I actually uh, do have okay. So you know, okay, yeah. Yeah, all right. I got so some. I all yeah. right. So yeah, I got no. I'm, okay, I'm, I no. have no idea what you're talking about. Well, the Greek for word the Greek word batrakos means frog, and the Greek word mis means mouse, and the Greek word for battle means is make. 
So if you put it all together, it, the Batrachomyomachia is the battle of the frogs and the mice. Okay, no, I am still I no. Am, oh, you're gonna love I'm this. I'm unfamiliar. Take the with Iliad this. and and okay. make it make it animals. Um, and it's it's by the way, just just so that we have something more fun to play with. I love words. Oh, okay. The German version is Froschmauskrieg. That sounds very German. Yes. Yes. Frog, that makes, frog that mouse sense. Krieg. Frog Oops. mouse frog, Krieg. Frog mouse <laughs> Krieg. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, All right. okay. Uh, the Batrachomyomachia is, go ahead and say Batrachomyomachia just for fun. Batrachomyomachia. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That works. Uh, so it is a parody of the Iliad. Okay. And many will attribute it to Homer, although there's no actual evidence that Homer existed. So uh, I would love it to be true. But um, yeah, Homer, as far as we can figure, yeah. Homer might be kind of a synthetic individual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind, kind just, of a, uh, a, catch all a composite. For, yes. Yeah. Composite figure for yeah. any number of, of pre pre writing. Yeah. But let's Try, let's pre, pretend okay. for a second that he did write the Iliad on the Odyssey, and then he turned around and said, "But what if there were frogs and mice instead of like Greeks and Trojans?" Okay, I I would love to live in that world, but um, it's obviously doubly dubious. Yeah. Um, and I know it's stepping on tradition in a big way, uh, but there is no real documentary evidence that the man ever existed. Um, outside of the Iliad and the Odyssey being attributed to him, there's only oral tradition. Uh, Herodotus mentioned Homer. Um, well, I'm sorry, not oral tradition. There's just only tradition that he exists. Yeah. Like it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a common thing that he exists. Yeah. yeah. Herodotus mentioned him. Uh, Artemon of Clasmeni, uh, uh, sorry, Clasomeni, uh, spoke of a pupil of Homer's. Um, but it's it's all just traditional. Like we all accept that he exists. Okay, kind of kind of in the same way mm -hmm. as as other notable figures. Yeah. Yeah, in, that you... in in early early history, yeah, you yeah. know, um, Bronze Age uh, or a little later. Yeah, I'm trying to remember Plato. Is it Plato or Socrates that we're not sure? Socrates, we don't, we're not sure. Um, Aristotle, we know for sure. Theoretically, yeah. um, he and Plato wrote about a guy, Socrates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Socrates um, is the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. I, so I'll leave similar, out the obvious one. Kind of thing. So, well, yes, I, I appreciate the the you know yeah. gentleness to, to my own to my own Thank uh, predilections. Um, yeah, and it's so in in many myths and traditions and legends, it's said that he's blind, um, uh, or that he's the product of a water nymph, uh, Crithais, and the water or in the river Meles, um, and that he himself was a blind bard on the western coast of Anatolia. Okay, so kind of the, cool the water nymph yeah. the water nymph thing i was not familiar with i know i i it kind of makes sense given how many people came from water nymphs back then yeah uh, you know just kind of a thing yeah. regardless of ex his existence the Batrachomyomachia is attributed to him but but actually not only to him the romans uh attributed it to him but that's basically because there were romans and they copied whatever the greeks did yeah. uh Plutarch, uh, a Greek who was living under Roman rule and eventually granted mm. Roman citizenship, yes. who wrote literal tomes, um, he, uh, he attributed the Batrachomyomachia to an author named Pigres of Halicarnassus, who was an ally to Xerxes. 
and there is stylistic connective tissue from his other works uh, to the way that the Pachaco Miyamakia was written. Uh, this this guy Pigris. So an ally um, of Xerxes, meaning meaning mm-hmm. a, a a Persian supporter. advisor. Yeah, advisor. Okay. Yeah. Others will Partisan. attribute it. Yeah, Even, yeah, that's a good okay. word for it. Yeah, others attribute it uh, to anonymous authors at the time uh, uh, of Alexander. Okay, so we're kind of in that realm. Uh, even okay. Lucian of Samosata, who is a Syrian poet who adopted Greek culture, uh, who is the satirist who had all the good fortune to live during the time of the good emperors of Rome, he occasionally gets credit. I find that really hard to believe. Um, other than the fact that he's a satirist, it just doesn't make any damn sense to me. Like, okay. yeah. Uh, and, and besides, this is parody, not satire. And Roman satire was specific uh, in its flavor of satire, which yeah. Lucian absolutely did. And this ain't it. Okay. Um, but what we do know is that it, it's probably was written between the 8th and 5th century BCE. Okay. Uh, now, regardless of its author, regardless of its age, the Petraco Miomachia is about 300 lines long. It holds true to epic meter, which is dactylic hexameter. Um, if you want to know what dactylic hexameter is, listen to Public Enemies, Bring the Noise. That rhythm. Okay. Um, uh, it mostly clung to Homer's style. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a remarkably... <laughs> I, I want to say contemporary, but yeah, we're it's 1989. But... Yeah, um, but yeah, that's, comparatively that's... contemporary. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Just, okay, <laughs> granted, since we're talking about you know the Mycenaean era, practically. Yeah, uh, yeah that's just just the 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 uh, dichotomy there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's like, right. hey, you want to know how Homer sounded? Listen to Chuck D. You know. All Which right. makes me well, think Homer would have been so much cooler with Terminator X, like spinning records behind him. That would have been rad. Uh, well, wouldn't everybody have been though? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I still would like to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it clung to Homer's style uh, and okay. word choice whenever possible. In the Byzantine era, so we're talking from like the 330s to the 700s. So after okay. the Nicene yeah. Council, essentially, okay. um, yeah. it was a school text. For what? For grammar? Yeah, for grammar, for understanding okay. epic poetry, for okay. uh, understanding okay. meter, all those things. Okay. That's a that's a really long time to be a school text, and, and they saw a lot of value in that. Well, um, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, especially, consi- well, you know, it's an interesting thing to consider anything being a text for that long a period of time when the idea like our whole paradigm of schooling right is you know 200 years old if that like we're kind of we're kind of stretching it pretty hard public schooling like you know talking maybe like any massive numbers 50 yeah you know a century and a half at best yeah Yeah. even that it's there there's a need but we don't have the capabilities so like well even there there's there's a need and we don't have the capability and a regionalism Yes. You know, certainly within within the United States. And yeah. I mean, if we if we look at European models of, well, OK, we want to start working on on public education. We're looking at, uh, you know, post Napoleonic era mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and even then only for the rich. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly. Kids were, certainly kids were at, working at the very, at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, we're, we're looking, we're looking at, um, yeah, I, I forgot where I was going to go with that, but oh, just you know, for I mean, a the, book to be used for that long in public yeah, well, schooling. Yeah. It's, it's kind it's of longer it's than kind we've of had a country public. It's well, it's longer than we've had a country. It's longer than public schooling has been a paradigm. Yeah. And so this was, this was something that bore a remarkable weight of tradition. Yes. Quite, you so. know, like, okay, so this, this is what, this is what we learn how to do this with is mm-hmm. this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just, just through, through force of cultural inertia. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think inertia is a really good word for it. Cause that's another word for tradition. Inertia means you don't go anywhere. Tradition okay. means you don't go anywhere. All right. Uh, so no, don't innervate this works uh especially with the roman model of we're going to beat creativity out of you um but also here's something about froggies and mice so they did man like it was it was if biff was in charge of school like that that's rome i i love i love that analogy <laughs> biff is in charge of school you know so, and and yeah. so all right but this is Whole, whole lot of questions occurring to me, but I, I don't want to tread all over wherever you're sure. planning on going with this. So, so, so okay, so this, this was used for for 400 years, mm-hmm. give or take. Yeah, as as the this is how we're going to teach you grammar and epic poetry and all these structures. It was certainly as a this is how we're going to do it. They certainly okay. also made them read the Aeneid, um, and okay. you know, and stuff like that. That was so all you true can too. understand what the jokes are. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Okay, all right, so. Now, the whole of the battle takes place in one day, ending at sundown. So 10 years down to one day. Uh, The initiating event uh, wasn't so much the stealing of a woman, but that the mouse prince, the grandson to the mouse king, named uh, Sycarpax, uh, also known as Crumfilcher uh, or or Crumb Snatcher, uh, hiding or he hitches a ride on the back of the frog king, who is called uh, Fisignathus. Uh, also known as Puff Cheeks, okay. uh, who is the son of Pelion, Muddy, uh, and uh, Hydromedusa, uh, Water Queen. Uh, okay. across, uh, and he hitches a ride with him across the river. Okay. Crumfilter spends a lot of time bragging about how much he eats good foods and how fearlessly he annoys the humans. And now I'm going to, there's an Americanized uh, version or an Anglicized version of it that kind of tries to keep to the meter and the verse so i'll try to be as faithful to that as possible but i'm not going to sacrifice understanding so uh quote the floods are thine abode where i while i partake with with man his sustenance the basket stored with wheaten loaves thrice needed scrapes me not escapes me not nor wafer broad enriched with balmy sweets nor ham and slices spread nor liver wrapped in tunic silver white nor curds expressed from sweetest milk nor sweeter still the full honeycomb coveted by kings themselves nor aught by skillful cook invented yet of sauce or seasoning for the delight of man i am brave also and shrink not at sound of glorious war but rushing to the van mix with the foremost combatants no fear of man himself shakes me vast as he is, but to his bed I steal and make me sport, nibbling his finger's end, or with sharp tooth fretting his heel so neatly that he sleeps profound the while, unconscious of the bite. So that's Crumfilter bragging that he bugs the humans. Okay. There's there's a whole there's a whole train of thought 
that yeah. leads me to that leads me to something. It's interesting that so much of of epic poetry in the Western tradition, mm-hmm. because it has has these very similar themes of bragging about what a badass I am. Yeah, it's the because yeah, well because because this is this is a parody mm-hmm. of something that we see in the Aeneid. Yes. And and this sounds almost entirely like mm-hmm. something that we would hear uh, Beowulf bragging about mm-hmm. uh, in in the Mead Hall at Harrow. Yes, before before he he fights against Grendel. Mm-hmm. It's it's this, and and there is a there is a separation in time between them. Mm-hmm. Because the the Trojan War is the uh, Achaeans, you know, which is which is Bronze Age, right? And Beowulf is early Iron Age, and so mm-hmm. we're talking several centuries in difference, mm-hmm. at least. But it's still it. I I just I find it I find it interesting that it's the same theme. It's in warrior culture. Even, you sing even, your yeah. praises ahead of time so that yeah. they know who they're fighting. Yeah. And so that they either back the fuck down or they step the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just. Yeah. yeah. And, and I go and back even, to Chuck and D. even in parody and even in parody. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're doing a parody is being very faithful to the brand. That's true. You know, Weird Al does not just like get lazy when he's you know doing <laughs> other true. people's music that's true yeah white and nerdy mm-hmm. you know yeah so uh what do you call it uh chuck d uh mm. in, in bring the noise it's you know never badder than bad you know and, yeah. and he, he he just goes and goes for lines oh yeah um, about you know how you can expect that this is this is me here they go yeah. again you know um, now Puff Jeeks gently rebuts him. He says, Stranger, thou vaunts much thy dainty fare, but both on shore and in the lake we boast our dainties also, and such fights as much would move thy wonder. For by gift from Jove we leap as well as swim, can range the land for food or diving, seek it in the deep. So, cool, man. Uh, I can swim and climb, so I'm going to talk shorter. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then he, uh, Puff Cheeks, asks him, says, you know, basically hop aboard and come with me across the lake. Check out my place. And at first, Crumb Filcher is uh, the son of uh, Troxartes, by the way. So he's the yeah. grandson yeah. of the king, but he's the son of Troxartes, also known as Bread Muncher. And, and uh, Licomile, uh, Lick Meal, uh, which oddly sounds exactly like it. Um yeah. And uh, the grandson of Tirnoctrates uh, on his mom's side, also known as Chaw Bacon, uh, <laughs> he, is, he is hesitant to take such a ride. Uh, but in his discussions with the lakes uh, or at the lake's shore, Crumb Filcher is persuaded by Puff Cheeks and that all will be well and it'll be well worth the journey. So Crumb Filcher climbs aboard and does fine so long as he can see the shore. But as they get further out, Crumb Filcher does get more and more frightened. Um, and he drags his tail and it acts like a rudder and he has some control over how they go because he's a little freaked out. But after they get to the point where he can't see the shore, they get assailed by a water snake. And when Puff Cheeks 
panics and dives for safety to escape the danger, he abandons Crumfilcher to drowning, a fact which he will later deny when confronted. Uh, and as Crumfilcher drowns, he curses Puff Cheeks for his cowardice and his abandon. He likens it to a betrayal. And he says, thou hast released uh, thy shoulder at my cost, Fisignathis, uh, 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 unfeeling as the rock, but not unnoticed by the gods above. Ah, worst of traitors. On dry land, I ween, thou hadst not soiled me, whether in the race or the wrestling match or at whatever game. Thou hast by fraud prevailed, casting me off into the waters, but not but an eye divine sees all. Nor hope thou to escape the host of mice who thou, uh, ere long, who shall ere long avenge the deed. So you son of a yeah. bitch, you're gonna pay yeah. for this. Yeah, son of a bitch must pay. Right, and then he drowns. Yeah. Now. This was witnessed by Lico, uh, Lico Pinox, uh, also known as Lick Dish, uh, who, who heard and saw everything from a different shore. Uh, he quickly brings word back to the mice, reporting the treachery. This was, after all, their prince. Uh, the mice were furious and summoned a council to the house of Breadmuncher, the king of the mice, to petition for war. Mm. Breadmuncher was easily persuaded, given his rage at the loss of his kin. Breadmuncher says, ah, friends, although my damage from the frogs sustained be greatest, yet is yours not small. The three children I have lost, wretched that I am, all sons, a merciless and hungry cat, finding mine eldest son abroad, surprised and few him, lured into a wooden snare, new machinations of unfeeling man for slaughter of our race and named a trap. My second died. And now, as ye have heard, my third, his mother's and my darling, him, Fisignathus, uh, yes, Fisignathus hath drowned in yon abyss. Haste, therefore, and in gallant armor bright, attired, march forth, ye mice, now seek the foe. Okay. And then one of my favorite parts comes in. They get ready for battle. With okay. the help of the god of war, Ares. And what I love about it is the clothing that they wear is so adorable. So their greaves and their shin coverings are green bean pods that were split into two and gnawed out. The breastplates were actually from a flayed ferret or weasel, depending on the translation, their tanned skin, which is stretched over reeds. So they're basically, you know, putting them on like lamellar. Okay. All right. Um, their shields were the centerpiece of a lamp, which it took me a bit to figure that out. Um, Best I could figure, it's an amaryllis. Uh, we'd know it as a lily. Oh, okay. So okay. their their shields are lilies. Nice. So okay, I want to I want to go back to the whole uh, flayed weasel thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's actually really fucking hardcore. Yeah. Because weasels eat mice. Yes. So they as like, a group whooped ass on a weasel, shit. and then parted it out. Like, like, like that's, 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 that is, that is death metal shit right there. Yeah, that's like, honestly, you know, those, wow. those two scimitars that go up in Baghdad. Yeah. What's you know, at the base of those scimitars? Iranian skulls. No shit. No shit. My brother okay. you know, served in Iraq. He, uh, yeah, he saw well, yeah, it. He was okay. like, yeah, it's some fucked up shit right there. Wow. Um, 
yeah, it's okay. it's not too different, you know. I mean, in D and D, what do we do when we slay a dragon? We use its scales as armor and shield. Yeah, and okay, I had a ranger who wore black dragon armor. There um, you go. Yeah, okay. Wow, but their helmets but were peanut somehow or shells, by the way. Okay, which is just so cute. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm still getting over the the, the weasel, the weasel. <laughs> hides because sure. Damn. Yeah. Somehow, when it's mice doing it, it's really really cold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah all right their spears Damn. were long bronze needles which i really like because they live in a world of man yeah well yeah I so like the that. frogs find out about this through the advancing sounds of the mice because they can hear the mice advancing on them and the frogs called their own war can- council uh and when this council gathers the mice sent a herald uh whose name is uh embisichirtos uh i'm sorry embisichitros Sorry. Okay. Also known as Potstalker, uh, who was the son of Tiroglyphus, cheese scooper. Uh, he okay. came to declare war. And so I love giving the, the actual Greek names for these and then giving you what they mean. Yeah. Uh, I just, I was tickled to do that. So here's what he announces Ye frogs, the host of mice, send you by me menaces and defiance, arm, they say, for furious fight, for they have seen the prince Psycarpax. Uh, Welt ring on the wars and drowned by King Physignathus. Ye then, the chiefs and leaders of a host of frogs, put on your armor and draw forth your bands to battle. There's another translation that says, uh, draw forth your variegated arms. So, um, okay. so yeah, send the herald. He declares the war for you. Um, very, very, I mean, we're talking like this is the, the formal way of declaring war. Hey, you've got it coming. Uh, here we go. Um. Yeah. Uh, now, King Puffcheeks, uh, pressed by his counsel, denied having killed Crumb Snatcher. Here he falters. He says, uh, "My friends, I neither drowned the mouse nor saw his drowning. Doubtless, when he strove in sport to imitate the swimming of frogs, he sank and died. Thus, blame is none in me, and these injurious slanders do me wrong. Consult we, therefore, how we may destroy the subtle mice, which thus we will perform." Armed and adorned for battle, we will wait. They're coming where our coast is more most abrupt. Then soon as they shall rush to the assault, seizing them by the helmet as they come, we will precipitate them, arms and all, into the lake. Unskillful as they are to swim, their suffocation there is sure. And we will build a trophy to record the great mouse massacre forevermore. So they're going to come and we're going to kangaroo the shit out of their dingo okay we're gonna grab them and drown them and then he bade them to arm up so frogs transform their shins were armored by mallow leaves that were wrapped all the way around okay their chest pieces were green beet leaves their helmets were cockle shells and their spears were sharp reeds and their shields were cabbage leaves Hmm. it's just so cute I'm just going to say uh-huh. I'm betting on the bronze needles here. Okay. Fair enough. Like, like sure. you know, from, from, a, from a strictly uh, uh, you think material the bronze needle science. That stabs slowly will get through the cabbage leaf. There you go. Well, sure. yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the okay. slow, the slow needle pierces the shield. Sure. Yes. We know this because we've read Dune. Right. What, what I, what I have to kind of mention here mm-hmm. is, and, and again, um, 
the the parallels to other to other 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 literature in yes. in the, in the western in the western canon you're you're you know talking about the the herald the mouse herald talking yes. to the to the to the frogs um it it reminds me very strongly of henry v mm-hmm. and um the the question to exeter you know uh you know what what does what does the english king say to the dauphin mm-hmm. you know what message does he send to the dauphin and and the response from exeter and and brian blessed by the way in the in the um oh now i'm completely forgetting and anyway in, in henry v one of the best performances as exeter oh is uh, this the uh, brian blessed the kenneth brana one kenneth brana thank yeah. you i totally blanked on kenneth brana's name but um scorn and defiance slight regard contempt <laughs> and anything that may not misbecome the mighty sender doth he prize you at thus says my king you know like no yeah. i because because the because it's it's one of those it's one of those wonderful like okay and now we really see that shakespeare is an englishman through and through right in his characterization of the french prince saying well, you know, I'm not him, but you know, what does the king say to the dauphin? And Exeter's like, no, it's you. Fuck you. Yeah. You know, he says, I don't speak to dauphins. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, yeah. No. Fuck you. Yeah. You know. Um. And, and again, the the theme of <laughs> I'm the messenger, and what I'm here to say is, fuck all y'all. Right. Like. Oh no. yeah. We're like no. I'm fully taking advantage of the tradition that like you don't cut the head off the messenger because because it allows me to say no fuck you yeah forever so, so yeah. the frogs phalanx up they actually phalanx up and they await oh, the mice okay. on the shore okay now at this point Zeus declares that the god should probably take sides because this argument is quickly turning into a Donnybrook uh, now Zeus says, let's take <laughs> sides in this one. Yeah. Right? What did he say yeah. in the Iliad? You remember? I don't remember. Let's not I... take sides. Right. They all took sides. And he's like, they y'all, we're sides. getting hurt. This is not cool. This is this is not acceptable. Right? Yeah. So he takes sides and he suggests to Athena, hey, you should side with the mice. And she rebuffs him, citing that a god could get wounded by such warriors. This is not done jokingly. This is not ha ha ha. This is no like these guys are fucking hurt us. And more importantly, the mice annoyed her a lot. And so did the frogs, but the mice even more so. So like all of these guys are assholes, but the mice are like bigger. Yeah. And here's what she says. She says, my father suffer as they may. The mice shall have no aid from me, whom much they wrong, marring my wreaths, they plundering of the oil of my lamps. But this, of all their impious deeds, offends me most, that they have eaten holes in my best mantle, which with curious art divine I wove, light, easy, delicate. And now the artificer whom I employed to mend it, clamoring demands a price exorbitant, which moves me much to wrath, for I obtained on the trust of those costly threads, and I have not not wherewithal to pay the arrear. So they chewed through my favorite shit, no, I'm not helping them. <laughs> okay. And then she and then she goes on 
because they gave her specific annoyances uh, with her, with the frogs as well, explaining why she's going to stay neutral in this. She says, quote, nor love I more the frogs on purpose more to succor even them since they not less dolts as they are and destitute of thought have incommoded me for when of late returning from a fight weary and faint I needed rest and would have slept no sleep found I these ceaseless croakers of the lake noisy <laughs> perverse or bidding me a wink sleepless and with an aching head I lay therefore until the crowing of the cock so <laughs> So, so the mice chewed my shit up, so yeah. fuck them. Yep. The frogs kept me awake, so fuck them too. Yes. I'm out. Yeah. Okay. But she also, oh, go on. I, I, I can't, I, I just have to say as, as somebody who regularly has to deal with, you know, sixth and seventh graders talking about how one another have wronged each other. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have to say I have never identified with a Greek goddess more. Yeah. Like I hate both of you. Fuck off. Right. <laughs> like, I'm rooting for injuries. I'm rooting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when Dallas plays the Raiders. Like, yeah. no, I want, I just want to see people hurt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but she also has defensive reasons, like straight up defensive reasons. She states that such warriors could actually harm the gods making it not worth the risk, equating them essentially to uh, who's the guy that wounded uh, Venus? Um, it's a sword oh, of Damocles, uh, right? Yeah, Damocles, yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> they all got hurt in the Iliad, but you know they didn't give a fuck. They were like, well, this is new, but let's yeah. keep at it. And then Zeus is like, not nah, tweet everybody in their own corners. You have to watch now. Yeah. And in the Iliad and in this one, she's like, no, nah, man, these guys will fuck us up. So Mm-hmm. So when this was written, was this was this heresy? No, this like, was comedy. Was this... this was parody. <sighs> okay. And and again, it w- here's the thing: warriors come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. Okay. Wars right. happen in the very big and the very small, and the gods are affected by all things. Okay. So here's what she says. By my advice, then, O ye gods, move not, nor interfere favoring either side, lest ye be wounded, for both hosts alike are valiant, nor would scruple to assail even ourselves. Suffice it, it, therefore, hence to view the battle safe and at our ease. So this is kind of a fixed fic. Say again? Like, well, okay, within within fanfic. Yes. One of the the subgenres of fan fiction Mm-hmm. is the fix fic ah uh, yes where fans where fans look at something an author has done and gone that's was fucking stupid right like why why would you do that yes so this is in a way this is kind of a fix fic where you know whoever whoever the author of this was was like okay zeus is going to be a dick and he's going to say all right everybody we gotta we're gonna take a side we gotta get involved and Athena being, you know, the smart one is going to be like, no, that's a shitty idea. Mm-hmm. That's going to go really badly. Everybody stay the fuck out. Right. Whereas in the Iliad, she was like, oh, yeah, fuck, I'll take sides. Oh, Curious, yeah. What side are you on? Fuck you. I'm on the other yeah, side. Fuck, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, which, which, <laughs> which is so good, <laughs> which is which is so awesome. 
and and is is like the entire reason that whole families of border reavers mm-hmm. would choose a side whenever england went to war with scotland it'd be like okay what what are the bells doing the bells are going with england okay we're scots this time right right fuck that we're like <laughs> saint andrew all the fucking way fuck saint george right no like no no <laughs> You know, we're we're wearing the salt tire. Everybody, get rid of your Red Cross shit. We're wearing the we're wearing the we're wearing the, we're wearing the white X. Like, right? No. You know, um, and like, oh, so that's the side you're taking. Okay, I'm on the other one. Fuck right. you. Right. Yeah. And 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 in this one, but but here, because it's a parody and a mm-hmm. fix fic, it's like, no, no, she's the goddess of wisdom. Yeah. Like, no, this is a bad idea. Yes. Don't get involved. Right. Like, when, no. when have the gods ever said that other than to be dicks? Never. Right. And here they're like, <laughs> fuck, you know what, y'all? Yeah, you know, mm, Get the popcorn. Mm. We're just watching. I'm out. And, we got a badass up in Everyone here. listened. Everyone heeded her wisdom. And as a group, they all sat it out and watched a war that was to come. And then Zeus cracked the thunder, and it's on, baby. Um, so the first blow was from frog to mouse. Uh, Hepsiboas, uh, also known as Loud Croaker, wounded nice. Lickanor, Lickman, uh, in the belly where the chest piece doesn't quite protect and pierced mm. his liver and killed him. Which, okay, that is a spot on Homeric yes. reference because Homer loves to tell us exactly which organs get carried through somebody's body and out their shoulder. And like, based on the story, certain body parts get focus in the Iliad. It was mostly hip shots, which is basically grind groin shots because it was all about two people who wanted to fuck in the Odyssey. It was a lot of head shots because it's Odysseus. Yeah. And And Virgil to his credit fanboy that he was, he did the Aeneid. It was a lot of chest shots because Aeneas, the pious, it's his heart. Um... So okay. in this All one, right. you get a lot of liver shots, I guess. I don't know. Let's keep let's keep track. Okay. Um, so then uh, Troglodytes, uh, Hole Creeper and the Mouse. Uh, Hole okay. Creeper is his name, the mouse. He hurled his bronze needle uh, and pierced Pelion, Muddy, deep in his heart, killing him. So the King of the Frogs is now dead. Uh, no, wait. Yeah. The dad of the King of the Frogs the frog. is now dead. Okay. Uh, Teotlates, uh, oh no, so Teotlaus, beat man, the frog, um, then killed uh, Embasikirtos, the pot stalker. Okay, right. Okay. Troxartes, bread muncher, the mouse king, whacked Polyphonos, whose name is great talker or loud talker, okay. uh, in the gut, who died okay. from the blow. But then Limnocaris, marsh lover, uh, saw this killing blow and he smashed whole creeper with a millstone in the middle of the neck from behind and knocked him the fuck out. There is so much fun fighting in this. I'm going to uh, read to you a few, a few stanzas here um, at him. Likanor hurled a glittering lance nor aired, but pierced his liver trembling fled Crambofagus uh, at the dread site and plunged over the precipice into the lake. Yet even there found refuge none for brave Likanor followed following smote him even there so fell crambo crambofagus and from that fall never arose but reddening with his blood the wave and the wallowing and the strings and the slime of his own vitals near the bank expired there was courage there was cowardice and there was royal assassination take a look 
Limnisius on the grassy shore struck down uh, Chiroglyphus, but at the view alone of terrible Ternoglyphus, appalled fled uh, Calamintius, cast away his shield, afar and headlong plunged into the lake. Hydrocaris with a vast stone assailed the king uh, Ternifagus, the rugged mass descending on his pole crushed it. The brain cozed through the nostrils drip by drop and all the bank around was spattered with his blood. Yeah, no mincing of words here. <laughs> like, and there was even a drowning. Someone actually like because the frogs can take advantage of, you know, they've, they, mm, they've got a, a yeah. swim speed and a run speed, right? Uh, Prasophagus with vengeful notice marked Chrysodioctes. Uh, seizing with one hand his foot and with the other hand his neck and plunged and held him plunged till drowned he died. But there was one who stood out, stood out amongst all of them. Quote, there was a mouse, young, beautiful, and brave, past all on earth, son of the valiant chief, uh, Arte, uh, Arte Piburus. Like another Mars he fought, and Mary Darpax was his name, a mouse among all mice without a peer. Now, who are we really talking about? We're really talking about uh, Achilles here. Yes. Because, I mean, obviously. Yes. Now, his yeah. name means slice snatcher or wealth share plunderer. So, basically, he takes the part. The, the, the Arpax means one who grabs things. Okay. He would have been the end of the frogs if he were to be allowed to fight un uninterrupted. And he had genocide on his mind. Uh, <laughs> he took a chest. Like, yeah. like so many, like so many Greek heroes. Like, yes. Let's, let's not mince words Just that here. rage. Like, yeah, that, let's that mince the enemy. Berserk, yeah. yeah. So he, he took a chestnut husk and tore it into two parts and then wore them as Kestuses. <laughs> so oh, fuck yeah. yeah like have you ever like, like that is hardcore yes it is it like have you ever like tried to crack open a chestnut without a nutcracker uh yeah that's just impossible that's, that's and he's just that. like single-handed and then he's like these are my fists that's like the european version of ripping a coconut in half with your bare hands yeah yeah basically but like, as a mouse and then you're yeah, like yeah and i'm gonna punch people with this shit now <laughs> it's like well, because what else are you going to do? I mean, really? Right. Come on. Yeah. Okay. I guess use it to hold your giant fucking balls. Uh, so. <laughs> well, there's that. Yes. So the only thing that stopped him as all the frogs were charging forth to their death was that Zeus stepped in and stopped it all. Like a cock blocking asshole. Like, but notice on. this is such an inversion of the Iliad where Zeus was like, nope, hold that gate open. This shit's going to end. Here, yeah, well, he's yeah. like, nope. And he says, quote, I see a prodigy, ye powers divine. And with no small amazement, smitten, here Prince Merid uh, Arpax, menacing the frogs with general extirpation. Haste, be quick. Dispatch, we palace, terrible in sight, nor her alone, but also Mars, to quell with force the combined, uh, with force combined, the sanguinary chief. So... Okay. I'm sending both of my children who are gods of war to stop this one mouse. He's Holy literally crap. asking. Yeah, he's he's asking a, Athena and and Ares, both gods of war to intervene and stop this mouse who fights better than anyone, lest he completely destroy the frogs. 
it's going to take two gods to stop him. <laughs> and not just any gods, the gods of war. Of war. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. I'm I'm now I'm now fanboying over this mouse. Yes. Like so, in a big way. So this next part, it's interesting because in different translations, it's attributed to Juno or Hera. Uh, okay. And other times it's attributed to Mars, uh, Ares. Um, hmm. I like it better if the war god himself said it. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to pull my okay. Libby card. He says, I think he says, quote, neither the force of Pallas, Pallas is another word for Athena, yeah, uh, nor the force of Mars, O Jove, will save the destined frogs from swift destruction. Let us all descend to aid them, or lest all suffice not, grasp and send abroad thy biggest bolt, thy bolt tempestuous, terror of the titan race, by which those daring enemies thou flewest and didst coerce with the adamantine chains and Cleadus and all that monstrous brood. So in other words, Ares sees all this shit and he goes, we can't do this ourselves, dad. You're going to need to use your biggest Titan killing Thunderbolt to stop this mouse. Get out the 44 Magnum. Yes. We can't. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. that thing that you use to actually stop a Titan? We're going to need it again. Yeah. Bring <laughs> that out. And even that didn't do it. Um, quote, yet cease not even at that shock. Mm the mice from battle, but with double ardor flew to the destruction of the frogs whom Jove from the Olympian Heights sun crowned again, viewing compassionated, uh, compassionated their distress and sent them aids. Sudden they came broad backed. They were and smooth like anvils sickle clawed. So the, the, the thunderbolt didn't do it. So he had to send something else. See if you can uh, figure out what is broad back, smooth like anvil and sickle clawed. Sidling in gait, their mouths with pinchers armed, shell-clad, crook-kneed, protruding far before the long hands and horns, with eyeballs in the breast, legs in quaternion ranged on either side, and crabs their name. I spoiled it for you, though. They, seizing by his leg, his arm, his tail, a mouse, cropped it and snapped his polished spear. Appalled at such a foe, the miserable knife stood not, but fled, heartless, discomfited. And now the sun descending closed the warfare of a day. Rabs? Yeah. The gods saw the destruction of the frogs and realized the champion of the mice, Meridipar uh, Arpax, would destroy them to a frog. And not even Zeus's thunderbolt would stop it. So it's time to send in the crabs. And that's literally where it ended. Like, I think there's a few other lines, but... Um, the war took one day and it's a very satisfying poem. Not, not cats. No. They, in fact, a cat was kind of the reason that uh crumb snatcher was, or crumb filter was at the water. Cause he just escaped either a cat or a weasel. Um, it depends on your translation. Uh, yeah. And that's why he's at the water talking with the, the King of the frogs uh, puff cheeks. Um, Cause he's like, Oh God damn. I'm tired from running from that cat or weasel. Um, but no crabs. This is a funny term for me to use. Sure. Because like, it's kind of obvious, but I feel like that's kind of a Davis ex machina ending. <laughs> like we're not even, yeah. we're not even going to pull in. We're not even going to pull in like a natural predator of mice. No, no. We're going to go straight to, you know, uh, uh, you know, sea spiders. But they're like, armored like, to the point where bronze won't pierce it. 
I, okay. And they I mean, pinch I, things I, and they can snap things. And, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But but yeah, it's 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 a it's a little it feels a little out of left field. Well, they are me. in a marsh. Okay. There's well, water. I mean, I mean so. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's impossible, yeah, but I, right. I feel like that's that's a weird that's a weird direction for the poet to go. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like of all of all things you could have brought in, like okay, yeah. so so Zeus's thunderbolt fails to do the trick, right? And you don't bring in like owls, no, or hawks, nope, or or cats, which nope. I already mentioned, or you know, weasels any, or ferrets any, or nothing. Any any number of other natural predators of mice, right? No, instead you're going to go straight to to crabs, to like bugs mm-hmm. of the ocean, and yes. you're gonna okay, yeah. Like, all right, cool. Now, now I, that's not where this podcast ends because no, well, okay, because of course not. In 1986, <laughs> Simon Walterson was a human who had been cursed to become a frog by some unknown mystical witch. Destined to live his days out in Central Park as a frog named Puddle Gulp, he was as contented as one could be in such a situation. All you do in your day is you flee from the rats as they encroach on your territory, you eke out a living. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. And you live as long as life as an amphibian can in such situations. He even was the advisor to the king of the frogs at that time in Central Park, a guy named Glugwort. Uh, but one day he met a frog so massive, so strong that it would change their destinies forever. This is a Thor comic. Isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And now we get to the title. Petra <laughs> Momachia and Thor's frog face. Nice. Nice. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned that name and I'm like, wait a minute. Yep. God damn it. Yep. Okay. All right. Remember when I said I was going to watch Loki? Yeah. And there's that frog. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have been wanting to do this episode since then. <laughs> because of course you have yeah okay because i saw that and i was like wait a minute didn't thor fight mice and then i was like wait a minute isn't that a poem that's attributed to homer and there you go and there it is so So, yeah okay (laughs) okay so wait hold on are we trying to say, mm-hmm. or are you trying? Mm-hmm. I'm going to pin this where it belongs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is with a bronze me. needle. With a bronze yeah. needle, oh, I'm going to well pin done. this where it belongs. Are you, are you trying to say that the, that the Marvel uh, uh, writers responsible for Frog Thor were were inspired by this poem? Funny you would ask that. That's what most of this one is about. Okay. So, uh, Thor 363 to 366 features huh. Thor as a yeah. frog. Yeah. Uh, his brother Loki turned him into a frog ahead of a ceremony of succession because uh, Odin was <sighs> disappeared. I forget exactly what. Um, yeah. And and Loki was making a bid for power in Asgard, and he's trying to, and Thor is trying to get back to Asgard after just defeating Curse and going down to hell. Yeah, but along the way, because Thor gets turned into a frog using Surtur's sword, as I recall, 
um, a little bit of magic, a little bit of science. Uh, okay. And he beams a beam and it turns Thor into a frog, which means Thor can't come to this succession ceremony, which means Loki is probably the only one that can succeed his father. Makes sense. Yeah. So, but Thor is trying to get back to Asgard as a frog, but because he speaks frog, uh, he runs into a huge offensive that the rats are planning against his fellow frogs. And he cannot turn a blind eye to the suffering of any creature, big or small. Well, of course not, because he's a warrior god. Right. And like, no, he's a good aligned warrior god. Yes, and he so, is. No, you can't. No, dude. Yeah. You don't now, do Puddle, that. Puddle Gulp guides Thor through Central Park, and the two are late to protect the king Glugwart from an ambush of rats. And they're there just in time to see to chase off the rats, but the damage has been done. Um, and Glugwart notices Thor's giant size. He's like the size of, what did they see he was the size of? He was the size of like a football. That's what it was. Okay. Um, and most most frogs are that's not. A big ass, that's a big, big ass frog. frog. I'm BFF, say, baby. Having, okay, I'm just going to say, mm-hmm. You know, real life experience uh, spending several years in Hawaii, we had cane toads. Okay. Which are toads and not frogs, obviously. But right. like the biggest one, and and this is strictly visual, but sure. like the biggest one that that I ever, you know, saw directly was, was roughly size. the size, was, was, you know, spread out fingers sure. size. So, like a frog the size of an actual regulation football, yeah, is about three times that, two, three times that, easily, yeah. like fucking huge. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, Thor is like so. Essentially, Thor introduces himself to the dying king. Yeah. Uh, the king, you know, notices a lot about Thor right away and says, "Promise me that you will protect my kingdom in my absence." And uh, Thor basically promises. Now, there's a bit of an inter-Anuran fighting that happens shortly thereafter. But by and large, uh, all the frogs do their best to fight off the rats. Now, now, there is an advisor who's like, oh, you probably killed him. And Thor's like, man, you remind me of my brother. Um, Now, Thor meets a Morlock-type character named the Piper uh, at the end of one of the issues, who is a, a bardic ally. Um, and, uh, he bardically beguiles him briefly below Broadway in New York sewers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and with the power of the Piper's pipe properly procured promptly, Thor brings the alligators of New York sewer system back as reinforcements against the rats who started a multi-pronged offensive against the frogs. Basically Thor is at once seduced by the Piper's uh, uh, flute playing and jumps toward the toe uh, toward the alligators. And he's like, wait a minute, I'm fucking Thor. And he beats the shit out of the alligators as a frog. And then he steals the, uh, the pipe of the Piper. And then he's like, okay. follow me alligators. And then they go to central okay. park. Okay. This, and they, yeah. Within the context of a Marvel comic book, this all makes perfect sense. Yep. Actually so, within the context of a D and D game. Yes, this all makes perfect sense. Oh, absolutely! Sense. Like I, I'm yeah. on board. So okay. you have an inverted parallel here. Uh, both battles took a day. Both involved the death of the king on one side. In this instance, the frogs are the honorable ones, not the mice and the rats. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mice and the rats have ridiculous New York-based names. There's one I think whose name streets, another one named like Broadway or stuff like that. Um, and still. There's a bearded fellow who has to intervene lest one side get completely destroyed by the battle. And there are larger, more deadly armored creatures who intervene on behalf of the frogs. 
uh, to avoid their slaughter. So it's okay. a lot of parallels. Okay. The job, the job is done. Thor heads for the resolution of the story in which he becomes a much bigger frog version of himself for a while. So he doesn't, he doesn't Thorify, but he, he becomes a large frog, like a six oh. foot six frog Thor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the one that you see jumping in that little jar as you go down to the underground in the yeah. TV show Loki, yeah. not what we're talking about yet. Now, we don't see much of uh, Frog Thor uh, for a while after this, right? So he he gets turned back into Thor pretty shortly yeah. thereafter, but okay. it's pretty badass to watch him as, as a giant frog. Um, but in 2009, Puddle Gulp recovers a small sliver of Mjolnir. He's able to pick it up, which means he's worthy. And in so doing, he goes from being Puddle Gulp, Donald Blake, to being Throg, Thor. Okay, so you have right, the same transformation. Right. Okay. And he is as Throg in 2009. That's really the first time you see Throg as such. Okay. Now, yeah, you yeah. could say that Thor Frog was Thor Frog, and you could say that that was Throg, and, and aesthetically very close. But honestly, it's 2009 where you see Throg. And he's wielding the mighty Frog Yalnir. Okay, that's that's awkward. I'm, yes. I'm you know, like it probably yeah. reads easier than it says. Uh, well, yes, yeah, there's that, but yeah. yeah, okay. Now, he and Thor interact a few more times through the years. After that, uh, he alerts Thor to the slaughter of the Morlocks and the Marauders or by mm-hmm. the Marauders, okay, yeah, which is kind of an interesting thing because the Morlocks are very much an X Men thing, but they are also the under the sewers people in the 1980s for the x-men right mm. um and the marauders do slaughter them and uh thor is alerted to this by throg uh and even later throg uh becomes an integral part of the thor core in battle world when dr doom takes over everything and he creates all yeah. these different realms one yeah, of them yeah. is the thor core and it's 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 this think hard-boiled thor detectives of every thor that ever there was okay but it's like hard-boiled detectives but they're all thor core like every Thor that you've ever seen a version of Beta Ray Bill, Throg, Thor, Girl Thor, Jane Austen, Thor, whatever. Yeah. Uh, like all the Thors and they're the Thor core and they're basically the police force of that of that realm. Um, and they're solving mysteries. It's bizarre. It's fun. I though. would I would not fucking jaywalk. You know, kidding in that. Realm. Like, Actually, nope. I would jaywalk because you know what? They're all Thors. They're all going to be hella chill about that. Like, nah, you know. Yeah, okay. But, but you, you do you, you do worse shit, you're you you're, you are in for it, son. Ooh, yeah, no. They will hammer you. The whole so hmm. uh, now Throg ends up joining the Asgardians of the Galaxy. And while he's gone with the Asgardians of the Galaxy, uh fire goblins wipe out all of his frog friends. It's totally tragic. <laughs> <laughs> These things happened. That's awful. Yeah. Why would you why would you do that to 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 give him pathos? Such a chill amphibian. Why have you got to do that? Okay, so so what so what you're saying here is Mm -hmm. to harken back to our last episode where we explained fridging. They just fridged all all those amphibians. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Jesus. Now, I want to talk I, about uh, Walter Simonson. 
for whom Puddle Gulp was named. He okay. wrote Thor as a frog because he felt he could. <laughs> like he's the guy writing Thor for a large for like about five years, six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a long run. Yeah, mm-hmm. and okay. I think I think ultimately this Thor as a frog story was a let me up story. And just for people that don't uh, that that didn't think I could do it, that was a prof- professional wrestling reference. A let me up match is the match that comes in after the really like the big feud so that you can let the audience up for air emotionally before they invest in the main event. So it's when you have, and I'm going to use the term that they use because it's still in use. You have the midget wrestling, you have the gimmick matches, you have the women wrestling before they were taken seriously. You have all of these popcorn match is another word for it, where you can go get some food, come back. Uh, It's, it's let me up. It's, it's, you know, it is when in deep space nine, they did the heist on the hollow deck uh, after okay. Nog lost his leg. Right. You got to let me up, dude. And, had, and like, I think I DS9 need, was I so need, good. I need a break. That. Yes. I need a break. Yes. Oh, oh. so in Supernatural, mm-hmm. the Scooby-Doo episode. Haven't seen it yet. Oh, I'm still in shit. season nine. Okay. But, Okay, there were others though when they, yeah. they did the black and white episode or they did the we're in TV land episode. Yeah, oh, like that. okay, yeah, the Gabriel episode with, yes. with TV land. I'm going to kind of argue to a lesser extent, I'm going to say the fear ghost episode. Which one was that one? Uh, the they they run into a and in it's like an infectious curse. Mm hmm. Yes, and yes. It's, it's the one it's the one that lead, that leads to uh the the famous clip that's one of my favorite things on the internet ever of uh jensen ackles doing uh eye of the tiger on, yes on yeah, the, yeah, yeah on the impala yep is is you know the <laughs> you know uh dean getting the one who is like i'm afraid of nothing and nobody um, right. being afraid of literally fucking everything for an episode right and yeah. and it's and it's like because supernatural can pull it off it's legit scary but it's also hysterically fucking it's campy funny. yeah yeah or or just the the one where um was it he he channels the ability to talk to like a dog to talk to a dog yeah you know stuff like that yeah, yeah. let me up episodes yeah. they're they're yeah. important they're vital yeah. yeah um thor had just uh suffered a huge loss um and he was literally scarred physically and frankly, we needed a way to get past his scar and breathe for a bit in 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could kind of use that transformation as a way of healing his scar and giving him a beard. Because this is where you start to get a uh, blonde bearded Thor. Okay. And, and so here's what Simon said, said, quote, honestly, that story is kind of a parody of heroic fiction in general and of my own stories in some way. But it's told completely straight. One of the lessons I got from Stan and Jack in their comics, not only in Thor, but Fantastic Four and other works they did, was that really in those books, in that time and place, you could do almost anything so long as you kept a straight face. He goes on. My feeling is you get to is you tell the story you want to tell, keep faith with the reader all the way through and pretty much go anywhere you want if you can do that well. So in the Thor frog story and in fairy tales everywhere, there's a lot of folk and fairy tale stuff in the Malekith tales, which are based in part on Celtic fairy stuff. Uh, So I could use any of the fairy tale stuff as grist for my mill. You go back to the Brothers Grimm and people often get changed into frogs, princes and stuff. 
So it was a standard trope. So I decided a frog was the way to go. About the time I did this, I was living on a block from Central Park, about a block from Central Park. We were a little south of the reservoir where the action takes place. But I knew the park pretty well, and they were always putting in rat poison to kill the rats. And they were always putting up signs saying, rat poison, don't let dogs eat anything. That's the kind of stuff. So the background, how fantastical the story itself was, was quite real. And I think that that was what gave the story a little gravity. So far, no mention whatsoever of the very clear antecedent of the Batrachiomyomachia. I'm sorry, the Batrachiomyomachia. So he comes by the rats because he lives near Central Park. He comes by the frogs because he likes Grimm's fairy tales and people get turned into frogs all the time. In fact, the thing that turns Thor, who slams Mjolnir as a frog on the ground, uh, then he turns into six foot six frog Thor. Um, after that, I believe that's the point at which, yes, uh, a woman comes and kisses him to thank him. Just very deus ex machina. And then he turns back into Prince Thor. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the mention of Malekith. Yes. Sent me off on a, on a tangent and I, okay. and I had to look it up because I knew I recognized the name. Oh yeah. The dark elf. Yeah, and and he is he is the the you know Malekith the accursed mm -hmm. um, appears, and and he's the primary antagonist in the second Thor movie, Dark yeah. World. Oh yeah, they're pulling hugely from Simonson's stuff for all three of the the Thor movies. Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, a a real, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there a real waste of Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston. Everybody says so. Yeah. <sighs> Just like, oh my God. Um, but the funny part was um, I, I, I immediately went to um, a, a, I heard the name Malekith and I thought of a uh, figure out of Warhammer, uh, Warhammer fantasy uh, who, I, I haven't been able to, to back it up. There's, there's a, there's, it's also dark elf, uh, mm -hmm. anti-hero in, in a series of, of Warhammer fantasy comic books. Okay. But yeah. So now I'm trying to remember in the comics, what was it that Malekith had done to Thor? Cause we're talking about the trauma that he had suffered. And he this was an opportunity. Him. I okay. believe he took his eye or his hand at one point. He handicapped him literally. Okay. So, which you so see this is in the movie. Like that's the whole cutting off Loki's hand thing. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's an 86. Yes. Cause now Thor just has this bad habit of like losing appendages in, in the MCU. He does. Because it's because the... otherwise, how is he interesting? He's a fucking god. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, because that's also a major part of, um, and I'm forgetting the the full title, but of mm -hmm. when he when he winds up uh, facing off against Hela mm -hmm. in the movies. Oh, he winds Ragnarok. Up, yeah, yeah, Ragnarok. He loses an eye. Loses an eye. Right. Uh, I believe which... it's Malekith that takes his eye. Although okay. I could be mistaken, I could it could have been his hand. Okay. Uh, friend of the because show, Gabriel Cruz, could correct us on either thing. Easily, yes, yeah. I'm sure, without even having to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but he he in because in the comics, mm -hmm. I you know the War Thor 
mm-hmm. uh, also winds up, I'm trying to remember whether it's a hand or an eye mm-hmm. that he loses at the same time as in the, in the comics, the, the, you know, half hammer, half axe version of Mjolnir. Right. Showing Stormbreaker, up. which Stormbreaker. is actually, that's the name of the Mjolnir that they give to Beta Ray Bill so that he can give right. Mjolnir back to Thor. Back to, and So yeah. that's the kind of cool thing there, because in Ragnarok, you see Beta Ray Bill's face on one of the uh, buildings, as well yeah. as uh, true. He, he uses Stormbreaker in, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. in the Infinity War. So anyway, sorry, mm-hmm. I got I got off on a tangent there sure. just because, you know, I, because I was trying to remember what it what yeah. it, what the wound was that we were getting a let me up from. Right. Well, Thor there. walks around with his face completely covered. So I think there's a facial scarring that happens. Too. OK, like he and it, it's this red cloth that wraps around his head uh, lengthwise and then around his mouth. So he almost looks okay. like, you know, a 1980s G.I. Joe villain. Right. Um, but in red. Yeah. So uh, so again, no mention of the antecedent, uh, which is so clearly paralleled here because I think he fell over backward onto it. Uh, here's another quote. Once again, it was set against stuff that had basis in reality, as goofy as the idea was. And of course, I went for the urban myth, which wasn't Norse or God knows anywhere else uh, or God knows where else, like the crocodiles in the New York sewers. Tall tales and legends of any sort, I love them. Animal fables going back to Aesop, so it seemed to work pretty well. It fit perfectly in the plot as it was evolving in that point with Loki, and I am still really pleased how that story worked out, especially the last issue where Thor is is really the large frog, but the business with switching hammers and how they all worked out, I was really pleased uh, how that was able to turn out as a series of plot threads that all came together at the end. As a matter of fact, I think he fully fell over backward because I can find zero direct purposeful connective tissue between the uh, Batraco Miomachia and the Thor as frog run. Simonson doesn't even seem to have read it anywhere. He mentions Aesop and fables. Um, And you can hear his quotes above. He wanted to satirize heroism in general, which is what the Batraco Miomachia did. Um, with his own personal New York existence serving as the tentpole to that. And yet the parallels and inversions are so clearly there that academics have already had their pass at the storyline and the connections are <laughs> clearly there. So, so this is parallel evolution. Yeah. Um, and, and yet, like, so there's this guy whose paper I read, it was like 15 pages, um, which I, I really enjoyed. Uh, and, in Thor, Thor and, stumbles. And you and yeah. you always talk about how like you you. I'm I'm just I'm referring back to our last episode because oh, sure. like, you know. Oh, I'm, the one I'm, where we I'm, interviewed I'm, author Bishop O'Connell about yeah, his his uh, about, fairy tale about, series about about his work. And, Damn, that and, was fun! Can't yeah, wait was, to read Two awesome. Gun Witch coming Same out on here. May 31st. Yes, yeah. I'm I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, we were talking but, but, last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah in our last episode um and and you 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 almost want to brag about (laughs) about how you don't you don't read fiction but like then we come to an episode like this one and you're like oh yeah no this guy wrote this 15 page academic paper on yeah that yeah (laughs) you know the 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 i'm not even going to try to say the the machia machia 
uh, you know, as as compared to this 1980s run in, you know, Marvel four. Right. Like, I don't even know how to find that shit. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to freely admit yeah. as the one of the two of us who does not have a master's degree. Sure. I don't know how to find that. Like, <laughs> I don't even like, where do I begin looking? <laughs> you know, but that you've read. Oh, yeah. Anything, anything actual nonfiction, historical, like research of anything you've done 25 pages of before yeah. we, before we record an episode, which is why, you know, you promised me this was going to be a one shot. And I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. And now maybe I'm shooting that in the foot, but like, no, we're going, okay. We're doing it. Okay. Right. Yeah. But you know, like, <laughs> dude, there's a reason i don't read fiction i have, yeah, I have all this because, other bullshit to read you're, you're spending you're spending all your time yeah. doing you know reading 50... academic papers that the 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 bibliography for that paper i counted was like 65 sources no there were like 71 different footnotes and it was a 15 page paper i'm like jesus this is fun um <laughs> fuck and and i was okay. enjoying the hell out okay. of it yeah i'm well i'm sure because yeah. i I'm, I'm listening to that and i'm like okay you know i kind of want to find that because it'd be <laughs> interesting to read but you know this is clearly somebody who comes from the Bryn Tannehill school of you need to cite all of your sources. right <laughs> <laughs> you know why end notes you know yeah. um <laughs> oh it's, it's, a, it's a good paper too like ah uh, but yeah but anyway. I've never read Heinlein and I, I have no interest in it. Like <laughs> <laughs> shit so. blows up. Like I don't like all right. <laughs> I yeah. I'm just I'm you know okay, you know what? I figured it out. What's I that? figured it out. You're the Siskel and I'm the Ebert. Oh wow. I'm the straight laced one. You're the Siskel. I guess and so. I'm the Eber. Yeah. Well, okay. okay. I, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not I get you. Say, I get you. I'm not, not going to say the straight laced one because yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the I'm the one bound by you know I I need I need desperately to be a paladin or I don't know what else my identity is. Right. But you know, um, but you're you're the you're the no no this I'm I'm, I'm looking into this you know deep literary reference right and, here's and, the academia you know, to it here's yeah. the academia to it and I'm like. No, I'm I'm the Pillsbury Doughboy. If you push me in the belly button, I go hee hee. And like, I did, I did run into this when I was directing plays. Like there'd be a line, it's a fig for that, you know, in 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 a, a play called Hotel Paradiso, yeah. and the students were like, "What does that mean?" And I was like, "Oh, let me. I'll come back to you next rehearsal." And like I came back with like four pages as to why what a fig for that means. You know, it's basically oh, I don't really care. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it, 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 on and on. Or like the, the phrase, I'm your huckleberry. Yeah. I figured out what the hell that meant. I, I don't figure it out. I researched what the hell that yeah. meant. And a huckleberry yeah. is just the right size for a thing. Therefore, I will fit perfectly for what you need. Okay. That's what I'm your huckleberry means. Okay. Which then I was like, but what does that mean for huckleberry hound? And so, you know. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, well, yeah. what, what did Hanna-Barbera yes. have to say? Uh, because because yes because that's the difference between the two of us so yeah, yeah. And, oh you and know like you know as of this recording uh scott yeah. hall died um yes earlier this week and yes. there was uh, a guy on tiktok who uh who talked about what scott hall meant and what he meant to masculinity and things like that and uh again friend of the show gabriel cruz uh directed me to that i was like oh that's interesting and then i asked i 
commented on the guy's thing. I said, how does Scott Hall compare to Barry Windham in terms of the masculinity? Because their body types were very different, but attitudinally and da 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 da. And so we've been having this wonderful back and forth about the, mm-hmm. the career and literal body, uh, physical body of Barry Windham. Um, okay. Because that's what I do. Because that's yeah. that's just kind of how you roll. Yeah. Beats the shit out of reading Highland, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it has like, to be either or, but in my world, apparently it was either or. Because well, this is what I spent my time continues, with. Continues to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, all right. Anyway. All right. So I just had to had to go off on that tangent. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Anyway. So in Thor, Thor stumbles into a war of the frogs and rats when he and Puddle Gulp come too late to prevent the assassination of the frog by the rats. Right. Frog yeah. King by the rats. Yes. The catalyst for the war in the Petraco Miomachia is the accidental killing of the prince of the mice by the frog king. So you've got these inversions that keep happening. The rats have also developed a scheme to kill the frogs by dumping rat poison into the reservoir, as Simonson had referenced uh, when he was talking about his inspirations. In the Batrachomiomachia, the frogs are quick to develop a plan to hold the mice and jump with them into the water, thereby drowning them. Well, because, I mean, you know, tactically... Yeah. It's an easy out. But see, in each one, the other group is doing the plotting. Right. Oh, okay. All right. Fair um, yeah. Thor stops this scheme, and both sides fight uh, in in paw to whatever we call frog's hands combat. Um, the same thing. Flipper. <laughs> Is it a flipper? I suppose I don't know. Anyway, yeah. uh, the same thing happens when the frogs fail to enact their drowning plan in the Batrachomiomachia. Right. Uh, Zeus intervenes. Yeah. Uh, Thor and Meridiarpax. Uh, I'm sorry, Marriott Arpax, remember the Achilles. Uh, they're both, frankly, the Achilles of their group. We've we talked yeah. about this in a previous episode, right? Um, they hold back and then they begin whooping ass until the bigger creatures intervene to save the other group from total destruction. With okay. Zeus, it's the crabs. With Thor, yeah. it's the gators. Yeah. Both stories get their start by a protagonist being laid low. Crumb Snatcher or crumb filter is at the water grabbing a drink because he's tired from escaping a predator, either a predator or we- a weasel, a cat or a ferret. It depends on which translation. Translator. You go with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Thor had just come back from hell, gotten turned into a frog by his brother and can't get help from the Avengers. He actually goes to the Avengers first, tries to spell out in spilled sugar, what's going on. And Jarvis chases him away. In both stories, humans are almost entirely absent, allowing us to fully anthropomorphize each group in the literature that they're presented in. And neither story has had any knowledge or known impact on the humans of their world. Humans have no idea that this happened. So in the case of of the Miyamakia. Yeah, Madraco Miyamakia. Thank you. Mm -hmm there's there's a a reason there's a clear like motive like consciously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for humans not being affected by it because it's a parody mm-hmm. and because you know look, look at how petty and small this conflict is and we're going to take this petty small conflict between vermin right effectively yes and and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it in in the because we're satirizing the the arch language and, and everything right, else right. Of, of the epic form. We're juxtaposing 
Yeah. All, yes, all that yeah. is greatness of humans and putting it on these tiny little creatures. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. It, whereas I, because mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the frog Thor, you know, frog Thor mm-hmm. stories are not satire in the same way. But they are a satire. They, they are a they parody. Are, I mean, they they are they are a parody. Yes. But. And both both are parodies. They're, I I see them, the the motive. I, I feel like the motivation of the original material mm-hmm. is to try to make a statement about heroic fiction. Like, On some like level, yeah. You know, there's there's a there's a critique involved in in yeah. that. Whereas with with Frog Thor, I feel it's mm-hmm. just like, hey, let's do something kind of goofy. No, but even you, even you Simonson I mean? said, I'm okay. criticizing the heroic storytelling. Okay, he did right. that. Okay, um, and honestly, I think by doing that, he did what whichever the author's name was mm. for the Petraco Miyamakia also did and again it doesn't seem to be any connective tissue that i could find um but it it allows the story to both be reduced and enlarged all at once it's reduced Mm -hmm. in that its scale is such that uh the battle the battle doesn't impact us humans at all yeah but it's enlarged in that in its small scale it's still an existential threat to their existence at their scale so the, the the stakes are remarkably deep for them and that so was even, that was where yeah. I was going to go with it was yes. by making the scale smaller, the stakes yes. get bigger. Exactly. And yeah. in the Thor story, the gods have no idea what's going on. Asgard has no clue where he is, so they cannot intervene. The Avengers have no idea what's going on. They cannot intervene on his behalf. This is not unlike the gods specifically choosing to sit out the battle between the mice and the frogs in the Batrachomiomachia especially given the troubles that they'd suffered in the Iliad. Now, again, this is an inversion of the other, right? Yeah. Um, so here in the in the Thor story, they had no clue. Um, whichever gods you want to point to, you could say the, the, the gods who could fix things would be the Avengers and or Asgardians. Yeah. Um, but in the Drakomiyomakia, they deliberately sit it out. So, so do, you it's think, an, do you think an there's inversion. a difference? Do you think mm-hmm. there's a difference in worldview? Or, or or a difference in paradigm regarding gods or or divinity. I think since, that since the, the divinity Omakia is ancient right. Greek and the other one is you know very clearly modern. Yeah, because the gods in the Omakia are literally gods. They are yeah. acknowledged as such. Whereas in uh, the Thor comic, uh, first off, the gods are are the ones in Asgard. They're the dwellers of Asgard uh and and it's already kind of acknowledged that they're not quite gods they're as gods to humans yeah um but the the divinity of of the more powerful beings is far less the deal um mm-hmm. it's the fact that they're more powerful mm-hmm. so i would yeah i would i would agree and mm-hmm. i th- i think that simonson stayed blissfully unaware of any of all of this um even his inversion of the story of the Batrachomiomachia, uh, he's unaware of. Uh, like I said before, he has a woman kiss Thor, which turned him into a frog. Um, 
yeah, I think Thor got zapped and then a woman came up and kissed him. That's what it was. I, I knew I was mixing that up. Uh, in the very beginning, he gets hit by Loki and then a woman kisses him out of the blue. It's like, I just have to thank you, Thor. And then he turns into a frog, uh, which just this as is Simon... a reversal of exactly. fairy tale paradigm. Exactly. Okay. Um, and yet it's still fairy tale stuff, right? It's still the trope that he's well, pointing to. He just yeah. went reverse there. But again, he that that cinched it for me that he wasn't lying about like, no, I never read the Vitraka Miyamaki. What are you talking about? No, I think he really did go, well, what if a woman kissed a, a prince and turned him into a frog? Um, it's far more likely that this, along with the frog and toad books that we all grew up with, the Wind in the Willows mm. yeah, series, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was more of an influence for him than anything else. Now, he could have read pretty deeply into Aesop's fables beyond the standard dozen or so that most of us grow up with uh because there was a toad and an ox story and there was a frogs wanting a king story um if you knew where to read and if he was really into aesop he would have found those um so the motif of frogs is having desires and having a life could have worked its way into his brain from the aesop stuff but i think less so than just the his admitting he really liked the stories of princes and frogs and shit and in this story if you base it on the prince turned into a frog, it accidentally parallels the Betrachomiomachia and helps Thor to regain his humanity and his respect for us mere mortals after his dealings with Hell, Surtur, and the traumas that came from that. I think this was a let me up for Thor as well. Oh, well, yeah. So yeah. All, all of that mm-hmm. leads me back to a to a like really weird root kind of idea okay which is where do you think in the indo-european like subconscious sure the the mythological archetype Mm -hmm. you know to, to to borrow a term from jungianism sure you know the 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 you know frogs having some kind of symbolic reference sure sure and and rats mice having some kind of symbolic reference Mm -hmm. like it's it's interesting to me that without any direct connection Mm -hmm. there is still that parallel you know what i mean yeah that those are that those are the specific creatures that are involved in the story and and the fact that frogs have this very specific role related to like royalty brought low yes you know prince transformed into specifically into a frog right yeah into a toad yeah absolutely into a a you know an amphibious creature Mm -hmm. one that is neither fish nor fowl as yeah 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 that that is that is not maybe maybe that's part of it is Uh is the amphibian the amphibian nature yes of frogs and toads they're they're not it's not not seen as a balloon yeah they're they're not bound by the water and they're not they're not part of the land they're in this weird in-between space Mm -hmm. and i I think i think that's absolutely a part of it they're a bastardization yeah and and they're they're ugly as fuck yeah and they're and they're they're not one or the other right and and they're ubiquitous 
they're everywhere they yeah. live and they live in kind of a twilight zone themselves they live in marshy places neither neither wet nor dry neither, neither wet nor dry. um and i but i think they're ubiquity if you take a look at your latitude lines go straight across to the oh, new world oh, oh yeah well yes. um and same with it the rats does. anytime there's people there's mice right that's why they yeah. say mice are the people of the world and and mice are a constant if you are in if you are involved in agriculture yes you bring dogs to kill them <laughs> yes you bring you bring dogs you yep. make partnerships with cats you yep. do everything you can to yeah. try to keep them under control because they're just fucking everywhere mm -hmm. and they're going to get into literally everything mm -hmm. they're the mammalian version of cockroaches yeah you know and and so there is this there is this very i guess what i'm struck by is this very profound pair of archetypes that's involved in this yeah and neither is and normally when we think of archetypes we often think of favorable and unfavorable yeah and neither of these are particularly attractive no they're not yeah which which means if you're going mm -hmm. to do a satire since they're unattractive do a parody again I, parody. I still reject that this is satire okay all right but good yeah. point yes yeah. meaningful all right I'm I'm but yeah, I, I, I will you. admit I'm mixing up my terms. But yeah, sure. if you're gonna do a parody, this is the direction you're gonna go because haha, I'm making fun of you. So I'm gonna go in a direction that is right. unflattering. And so we get mice and frogs mm -hmm. because you know frogs are gross and mice are mammalian cockroaches. But also frogs are that uh like you said, I really liked what you said, royalty laid low. Yeah. You know, they yeah. are bottom feeders, even though they eat the insects, but yeah. they're bottom feeders. They they skim the surfaces. They're they're gross and they are they are nowhere near where we want to be. Mice, yeah. on the other hand, and, and rats are are total vermin. So, yes, I think having those two groups fight it out, you can find reasons to cheer the, the pain of either. Um, <laughs> you can root for injuries. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> so. So yeah, yeah, Thor Thor regains his humanity literally. Yeah. Um and regains his respect for us mortals because he was dealing so much with hell and surtur and curse. And in both the Betrachomiomachia and the Thor series, the war is fought in a single day. It's tremendously high stakes that we will never know about mm -hmm. and the repudiation of a heroic warfare on some level. It reduces mm -hmm. it so much to the ridiculous, or you could say the grotesquely small, which is something you might expect in 1986 during the nuclear age. Mm. This was also, this was like around March of 86. So that means the Challenger had already blown up. Mm. We needed to let me up. And in 1985, just the year prior, in no particular order, you have the following events, which deepened our stakes and, and threatened our survival. The first summit between Reagan and Gorbachev had happened. Uh, okay. David, David Lewis Wright, a Christian identity prick, killed a, uh, a man named Charles Goldmark and his family, um, which was fucking awful because he did it because he thought the guy was Jewish. Uh, there, oh, was yeah. a, there was a huge hit uh, on the New York Mafia which I'd mentioned mm -hmm. in the Punisher episodes. Remember, mm -hmm. it was an unsanctioned yeah. hit that put Gotti in charge. Yeah, There was a ton. By the way, 85 was called the year of the spy. There was a ton of spies that we found in the US. Um, oh, right. Yeah. TWA 847 had gotten hijacked. 
which was the one that uh, they beat to death the the sailor. Oh, um, right. And yeah. they, I believe they ended up in Uganda. Like it was, no, I might be mixing that one up. Um, but they did beat to death the sailor. Uganda, but they did, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was, it was a horrible, horrible story. So all of our stakes were really big and really deep and everything was really goddamn dire for like the several months prior. Thor's going through hell, literally. literally. He's fighting Curse. He's fighting Surtur. There's no let me up. So collectively, whew, we need a let me up. Yeah. So why not take the God of Thunder and make him really small? Because it might help us all to remember humanity's lessons gained from this in a whimsical way. And that is why I think uh, both, even though the Batraco Miomachia and the Thor run where he's a frog are not related on purpose or even seemingly by accident, they're 100% parallels that were needed at the time that they came out. If you look back to when I said it was possible that, uh, that it was written during the time of Alexander, that's, that means a fuck ton of warfare. Oh, well, it means a fuck ton of warfare. And depending you know, on when, when we're talking about, mm-hmm. we're also talking about um, Alexander's death. Yeah. Which, you know, yes. Speaking, oh, my God. Hugely destabilizing. Speaking, speaking as a teacher of sixth grade world history in the state yes. of California, one of the lessons that I kept bringing up to my kids was on his deathbed, you know, who's your heir? The strongest. Ugh. Yeah. You know. Like let's let's talk about an epic hero who was actually a gigantic epic dick bag. Yes. Um, you know, the the culminating assignment for my students was was Alexander really that great? Huh. Um, the consensus is no, he was an asshole. Yes. <laughs> Which I was like, yay, they get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, it's I mean, a very like, destabilizing you know, time in yeah, and, in, and chaotic in the Mediterranean. And, yeah. Yeah, and well, throughout civilization, I mean, you know, the argument for Alexander deserving the title is great is that he introduced Hellenic culture to literally fucking everybody. Mm-hmm. And so when he died, it was it was destabilizing to to the 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 greek world the persian world like all Mm -hmm. the way out to afghanistan and india i mean like the civilized fucking world right you know and and so yeah if anybody was gonna write a parody of the of the iliad that was probably the time to do it yeah you know well um, and you're writing a parody of a a earth shattering 10-year war yeah you know so yeah. so so you've got that happening and with thor you know it's happening at the same time as all these other things yeah um and it's thor right which i've never been very excited by his comic because for the same reason as captain america there's no conflict there there's no inner growth there there's just a paragon going and doing paragonical shit um and i love cap you know that yeah but but that's that's how it goes um but thor like how else are you gonna you know have yeah. a let me up turn him into a frog so yeah. anyway uh no huge conclusions but no. uh but that is my my analysis of, of the uh betraco miomachia and the thor thor with his frog phrase so i like it what have you gleaned um i'm gonna go with the whole Jungian archetype western western culture 
mm-hmm. across a couple of thousand years thing yeah. that I mentioned a minute ago that that no matter how far we get from our roots as farmers mm-hmm. for lack of a better word um there are certain things that have become ingrained in our collective subconscious yeah uh and and the idea that you know frogs are symbolically something in between and something mm-hmm. lowly mm-hmm. and i'm going to stick with mice as mammalian cockroaches because i'm i'm in love with my own phrase there <laughs> um i still know, say that i still say they're the humans of the world well well yeah i mean yeah. yes that that works too <laughs> and still ties in with what i said yes if you're jaundiced enough in your view of humanity, um, which like right now that's easy to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's remarkable to see the literally the same symbols mm-hmm. coming up thousands of years separated from each other. And in popular in, story. In, yeah, in in yeah. in popular myth, meant for children's consumption. By the way, yes, yeah. Since we're talking about the eighties and Marvel comics, yes, mm-hmm. yes, can't yeah. can't disagree with that. Um, and and also speaking as an English teacher, um, I really wish I could get away with doing something as as uh par- as as much a parody as the Greek word. The Betrachal Miyamakia. Betrachal Miyamakia, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, as as anything in my curriculum, um, you know, the closest I can get right now is uh, with my with my sixth graders in English. I'm I'm taking them through Tom Sawyer. Oh, nice. And what's interesting about that is, of course, when it was written, uh, Tom Sawyer was you know this this example of the the idyllic American boy's childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of my students, well, not all, but the overwhelming majority of my students are like, this kid's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I, don't, I don't like him. Like, he's a liar and a cheat. And mm-hmm. like, he tries to get away with shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, what the hell? <laughs> and, 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 you know, that's, that's what I'm working with. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, a couple of years ago when I was teaching eighth graders, I was trying to teach him Fahrenheit 451. Mm-hmm. And it was like, don't you all fucking get it? No, of course you don't get it. You're eighth graders. Right. You know, it, I wish I could do something as, as I wish I could do, you know, the, the war of the mice and the frogs, but well, your I, district you know, actually might have funds that they could put toward a classroom. I could, uh, and, and I'm going to recommend this as a book, uh, in yeah. just seconds um so i can send you the link to it and hell i mean we got persepolis back when our district gave us money um grant you i'm teaching high schoolers but yeah absolutely you could get a class set of betrachal miyamakia all right yeah so speaking of which uh where uh what are you reading lately uh well what i've what i've been reading lately is uh we mentioned him a minute ago our our guest of honor on our last episode bishop o'connell i've been rereading the american fairy tale series mm-hmm. um you know in, in one in preparation for him coming on the show and 
mm-hmm. too, uh, just because once I got started reading it, it's it's you know an amazing series of books, and if I can make time to read anything, that's what I want to be reading. Mm-hmm. So um, you know the the stolen, the forgotten, and the returned um, are awesome, uh, mm-hmm. awesome works, and I highly recommend all all of them. Uh, so that's that's what I've been working on. How about you? Well, I'm actually rereading the Battle Between the Frogs and the Mice, a tiny Homeric epic, uh, which was a new translation at the time that it was written by A.E. Stallings uh, with illustrations by Grant Silverstein. So nice. you can find that. Yeah, you can find that on the Amazons. Uh, you could probably find it elsewhere if you don't want to give money to them. Uh, but I strongly recommend it. It is a fun read. It's only 300 lines long. Which, uh, just by way of comparison, the Odyssey, no, the Aeneid is 9,500 lines long. This is 300. So, so this is, this is a very skinny, teeny tiny. Yeah. Okay. And hell, I've read half of it to you. So, uh, <laughs> but I strongly, <laughs> I, I urge people to read that. Uh, so yeah. Where can people find you on the social medias? I can be found on social media at Mr. Underscore Blaylock, B-L-A-Y-L-O-C-K on TikTok. Uh, I can be found at Mr. Blaylock with no underscore on uh, Instagram. And I am at E-H Blaylock on Twitter. And uh, where can you be found online, sir? You can find me at Duh Harmony on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Duh Harmony One on TikTok uh slinging puns uh how i torture ed um <laughs> you can also uh find me let's see by the time this drops we'll have already done our show and we'll probably be on another lockdown to be perfectly honest uh but uh you could you could still find me in those other places um you could find us collectively at geekhistorytime.com and uh you can find us on twitter at geekhistorytime uh so you could look for us there um gee i think that's about it right you know that is that is pretty much that's pretty comprehensive cool yeah so go check out those things oh and also you can find this podcast if this is your first time listening first off wow what a treat uh second off uh you (laughs) can we have we have so much of a back catalog for you to check out yes um so i strongly recommend you go back and urge uh, urge you to go back and go through the buffet and see what treats you might find there uh if you like books then look for the episodes where ed is leading it if you like uh big giant robots look for uh, ed episodes uh if you like really weird ass connections to ancient history and science fiction uh you go find my episodes uh so yeah i mean it's 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 all in the titles go 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 look them up but uh you can also subscribe to us on the apple podcast as well as stitcher (laughs) Uh, we were on Spotify, but never mind. Um, so find us on those two pro, uh, places if you don't want to go to our website all the time for the latest updates. And and the Apple Podcast app. Yes, the Apple Podcast app. Yeah. Uh, rate, subscribe, review. You know the drill. Five stars because we earned it. Uh, and then tell us why. So cool. Well, for A Geek History of Time, I am Damian Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.